all throughout my childhood, through my high school years, and, and even the first years of my married life, I truly believe, as all of us did here in the United States, that we were the freest people on the face of the planet. I'm beginning to doubt that, and I have my, I have my reasons. Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And what a busy program we have today. So just how free are you these days? Are you as free as you think you are? Do you have the freedoms you had two years ago, maybe 5, 10, if you're old enough, 25 or even 30 years ago? My guess is you probably would agree with me that we have less freedoms today than we had back years ago. A decade, two decades, three decades ago, we had more freedoms. And I look at the 2000s in particular. After the events of 9-11, I'm not going to get into those at all today, but I'm just saying, beginning with the Patriot Act and starting to watch how people do certain things, making our police more of a paramilitary. Don't get me wrong, I have a lot of police officer friends. But this systematic change to where the people have become the enemy, well, it's part of a globalist design and we need to recognize it for what it is. Look at the pandemic. When it came about two years ago, we were just getting into the fear of the pandemic closing down dining rooms at at fast food places and and not knowing what the future was going to hold. And in just a matter of a couple of weeks down the road, two years ago, we had 15 days to flatten the curve. Well, it was 15 days to flatten your freedoms. All of a sudden, you couldn't go certain places. All of a sudden, you had to wear a face mask. All of a sudden, you were either essential or non-essential, government always being essential. Um, but if you owned a little restaurant or, or some small business, a florist shop, you were unessential, and you had to stay home. And you risked losing everything that you had. As we said on Tuesday, it's two steps forward for the globalist, and then they give us one step back to think you've got some of your freedoms. I want to pick up on our conversation with the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. We we ran out of time on Tuesday, and I asked Timothy to come back today. A lot of people think that I can survive this. I can I can get myself some digital currency, and I can hide everything in my new electronic ID. What are your thoughts, Dr. Gales? Well, that's what they're doing, obviously, is setting up that narrative. And I agree with you. What they're going to show is that the digital um, interconnectedness in the world is faulty. It's going to it's it can, it's going to uh, kowtow down to the hackers, to the to the different countries. They're going to use it in as weapons of warfare, mm-hmm. cyber attacks. And what it, it really is, it, it, it is the elite. 
and the intelligence agencies that all work together in these countries, which will be putting the outages into their own countries and other countries. So they're going to set the grids down. And when that happens, people are going to go freak out. I mean, you talk for three days. We need better security so we don't have the nuclear plant go down. How can people have all these things go down? What they'll do is they'll leave it for a little while. And in three days, people will freak out about food. In a week, they'll start freaking out about traveling, gas, everything else. And within 10 days, there will be riots and all sorts of horrible things when the, when the grid is down. You give that a month around the world and people will be primed and frightened and, and enough to where if Klaus Schwab comes out and says we finally put together this, this power advanced digital agency that nobody can get into and it is secure and we can implement it worldwide with a digital ID and your digital currency, people are going to say give it. With give a bio, it to us and, and, now. And it will be connected to a biometric. Yes. It has to be connected biometrically. Yes. And also to your, you know... Fusion. It's going to be fused to the physical and the biological world, which is why Klaus Schwab said it'll be a power of data intermediaries. Well, you are the data intermediary. Internet of bodies, IOB. That's what they're going for. So you are your ID. You are not hackable, except for them to hack you. But you are not hackable. Nobody can steal your identity because it's intrinsic to you. And it is marked now in your DNA. And that's only your DNA. So nobody else has that. So you... Except Moderna. Bodies, except yes. Moderna that can change it. Sure. And they can, you know, all of the above. Because we know, and we've spoken about that, and where that's gone now, technologically. But you are the data intermediary. And so that's going to sound great to people. And they're going to do this in mass. But the next thing coming will be massive cyber attacks, just like we followed Event 201, just like we followed uh, the SPARS document, just like we followed all of these different um, tabletop exercises. And Tony Fauci, and good old Tony Fauci, and Fauci in 17 saying, the next president, which was at that time Trump, will face an unprecedented Dented, uh, you know, uh, yep, pandemic. Yep. yep. And he knew because they were doing it. They right. planned it. And if they had this that you had said before, if they had this patent in 2016, then he was all excited and he let the cat out of the bag, Fauci. Yeah. Because they had perfected it in 2016, the year earlier. So he knew with with Trump coming in, it was time that they had to release that. But we're going to see it. The cyber polygon, which Mm -hmm. is another tabletop exercise, has already been done. So they're ready. And this will be their excuse. The boogeyman will be Russia. These these anonymous hackers, warfare of cyber uh, digital uh, uh, things. And that is going to push us in. They're going to do it worldwide. That's going to scare us like covid scared us. This will and people will cry out for. Though, listen, I could. I was mentioning the other day my time in emergency management. There was something that I noticed, and, and I remember the guy that I worked with for years, the guy that I did some work for back in early 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic when I came out of retirement. We noticed something. We were at an IAEM convention in Orlando, Florida. We all uh, that good good place to have when they have the facility, and you got FEMA there. You got all these vendors there. And and I, I just as a little aside, there was actually um, 
this company, really kind of a morbid company that, that was called uh, Mortuary something or other, Mortuary uh, Supplies. And, and they had these, you know what a cup koozie is, like for a can of soda or you know, mm-hmm. other beverage. And they had their logo on it, and on the other side, it showed an outline of a body, like drawn on a on a street. And and their slogan is, "When all that remains is the remains." And I'll <laughs> never forget that. I've still got it, you know. Right. Uh, but we noticed something at that convention. How many people? You know, I'd been at one a few years before. And you see all these emergency managers that come in there, and, and then we were at the one in San, in San Antonio, Texas, and it, it was even worse then. How many people suddenly were from the militaries around the world that are now suddenly deeply involved in emergency management? Sure. I mean, sure. in my time there, you'd see like an occasional somebody from uh, some unit of the United States Army. But then all of a sudden we were covered up with Air Force people and other military people from all over the world. And by the way, including China, just so you know, mm. I, I remember winning the Partners in Preparedness Award for something that I did at this major event. And I'm realizing, wait, a third of these people are some kind of military. What's going on here? Sure. In other words, the whole thing was changing 12, 13 years ago. And partnerships with FEMA and military were increasingly common. And and so all of this, you're, you're right, all of these things are coming together, but nobody pays attention. I no. mean, we, we just watch TV. We, we see, I like this, you know, I, I'm, the, I'm a member of this party and that's what I do. Yep. Well, that's and, why I said, when you see this Ukraine uh, war, always look at what the left hand is doing. They are pushing this digital ID. They're implementing it already in places and it's going to become the identification. Mm-hmm. The ID is attached to social media platforms. We won't be able to get on things like Facebook or anything without our ID, our biometric ID on us. If we don't well, have yeah, that, and, internet's and gone for you. I know we don't have much time because on today's segment. I wanted to bring you back two things. Number one, look at a company like Facebook, now known as Meta. Yep. And and the metaverse. This is going to be increasingly... Look, to old codgers like me, I don't care about the metaverse. I'm, sure. not going to, I'm not going to the metaverse. I'm not putting on a pair of goggles and headphones to live in an alternate reality. I'm too old yep. for that. What I'm afraid of is those that are, let's say, under the age of 40, mm-hmm. under the age of 30, and especially under the age of 25, are going to find that a very desirable world. And if they're already into the technocratic world, and we and, and let me put it this way, the pandemic showed how many people like to work from home in their pajamas. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. A lot of people, you know, a lot of those that are in there like 20-somethings and 30-somethings, hey, man, this is cool. I just get out of bed and, and, and I, 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 I can put a virtual reality background on and I'm in a Zoom meeting and, and I'm in my PJs and nobody even knows it. Nobody even cares. Right. And, and, and so we have already established that's you know, when you look at there are probably 50 things that were done during this pandemic to see what works and what doesn't, what failed, yep. what was the success. Yeah. How people re- reacted to it. The metaverse will be the reality. It will the be future. the reality of the future. And, and that's where we're going. And, and so online learning, online, you know, more and more online. 
Um, and then if you wanted to come back to work in a real building, you had to have your vaccine passport. And some companies still still demand you get vaccinated to come back or you're just you're an outcast you're a leper that's you can't right come in segregation i see it in the healthcare world and segregation of the unvaccinated oh you can't go into nursing homes because and visit people because you're not vaccinated well wait a minute if they all are what does it matter but secondly if you're vaccinated and you're told that even though you've had three shots, you can still transmit it and catch it. What's the difference with me then? And then and they give you a no. blank stare when you yes. question them on that. Well, they don't get it. but 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 you know, but the vac, but we must vac, we must vaccinate. That's what we, that's what we've been told. And and, and you have the power of states coming after doctors' licenses. Yep. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get some. I'll probably lose my, you know, my my GP. Not that I ever really see him, but here's something. I think 95% of all doctors are afraid to say anything about anything. They are number Absolutely. one. Number one, uh, the the pharmaceutical salesmen have been beating down their doors at the office. They've been giving money to Fox News, CNN, everybody else to sell their stuff. And then they go to the doctor's office and say, hey, here's new placebo X and this will cure, you know, baldness or what or fungus on toes or cancer, whatever it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. although it has 37 side effects, including death. Uh, we, we want you to push this. Hey, let's go out to lunch. Where's the most expensive restaurant in town? Hey, wouldn't you like to go to a seminar in the Bahamas in February? The seminar is only an hour long, but we're there, we're there for five days. You know, right. this is what they do. Sure. And and then you've got these doctors, you know, if I make a big stink, and I'll be before the medical board and ah man, I could lose my uh, my my insurance and I I could I, I'd be spending money. Now, I'll just say get vaccinated and just smile. There's a doctor who was uh, a pulmonary guy. He was being argued with by a family about putting somebody in their family on a vent. And they showed him that this, you know, had a very good chance of killing their their loved one, mm-hmm. how this was wrong and it was the wrong thing to do. And it's the wrong protocol being followed right now. And this doctor looked at them with a blank stare and said these words. Well, that's above my pay grade. Yep. Because he knows full well if he goes against the narrative, uh, then, he, then he's going to be before the medical review board. That's right. Doesn't want to lose the money. All of the above. And so, or, you know, we were, or, or, ho- or hospital privileges, which are huge if you're doing surgery. Sure. You know, become slaves to the system, right? But this is where we, we need courage. This is where we need trust and faith in Christ. We need to be able to say, even if I lose my job and mm-hmm. I lose everything, okay. I'm going to do it for what's right and what's true. And most people won't. And what I keep telling people is you never will know what you have in Jesus until Jesus is all you have. Amen. Amen. All we right. have got to be able to stand up for our faith. I know we're, we'll try to get together next week. And I and I got mm-hmm. another guest coming on in the second half of today's program if everything works out like it's supposed to. But I wanted you to come back because we, we had some thoughts that just went unfinished the other day. And, and I'm, I'm just, what I'm trying to say is that, 
we've talked about the vaccine, the passports, the mandates, everything else in this program, and everything we've been telling you over the past, well, since this program started 18 plus, almost 19 months ago. It's really nice when I don't have to get on the radio and, and take back something that I've told you. Even though we may have taken some risk at times in some of the things that we said. Now, when I said the narrative would collapse quickly, I didn't think it would be collapsing in January, let alone February and March. I thought it would be more like toward the summer. But the world needed something else to go after, and they've got it. They know that they need to get out of this before the uh, other shoe drops and people discover, oh, my Lord, I may have risked my own life. And then our attention will be turned towards suing vaccine makers. I mean, mm-hmm. as we're going to a digital currency, as we're going to this, as we're going to that, and even countries like like Canada, one one province at a time, will lift the restrictions and give you some of your freedoms back. Not all. There'll be a few we're going to hold on to because of some issues that occurred because of the truckers. They'll, they'll find a reason to hold something back. I love how you put it. Two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. And nobody realizes that there have been two steps forward. Yep. It's yeah. the game. It's the game. Look, and that's what they're b- doing. Before I go to the break and then I have my other guests coming on, uh, any, any, any parting thoughts today? Yeah, you know, don't get discouraged. We've said a lot that that people can get discouraged about. You know, Klaus Schwab said, you know, we shape the future, but God says he controls the future. Amen. Who, who are you going to believe? Of course, it's going to be God. So stand under the shadow of his wings. Amen. And trust in him. He will direct your steps because he is your shield and your exceeding great reward. Let me put it this way. When the election comes here in the United States this November, obviously we do go out and do the best we can in voting for the person that we believe or we are convinced closely represents those things in which we truly believe and hold dear. And I know oftentimes that I have voted for people that were supposedly conservatives and I have been snookered. And right. we've been lied to. We see it. Paul Ryan in the House of Representatives, uh, McCain, uh, the late John McCain, even Lindsey Graham. These are phony conservatives. Mm, Mitch, right. Mitch McConnell, phony conservative. He's a conservative when he needs you. Uh, but then again, he he's, he's also an establishment uh, swamp creature when he goes home. Right. And he re- right. And, I mean, and, and so we have to recognize... I've been voting for 50 years. I've been trying to fix it for 50 years. And we just when we think we get it fixed, the whole thing unravels again. And for 50 years, it's been this cycle of exactly what you said. Yep. We, one step forward and you know, two steps forward. Well, for that for us, yep. we think we're going, we're getting that one step back, you know, from them yep. as yep. they keep we, we marching two steps. Here. You betcha. It's a game I mean, I, I can, and it is what they keep us in. They uh, keep us following them. We we we, we thought little... we saw we thought we solved the world's problems right. in, sure. in nineteen eighty when we voted in Reagan. <laughs> and and then, you know, we, we thought, man, this is good. Let's continue with George H. W. Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah. And all we got was Clinton part one, Wrong followed by Clinton part two. Yeah. And then Wrong. we got, I don't care what anybody says, and I'm going to lose a listener. I don't care. If you're honest with yourself, we got, we got 
by the time we got back to Bush number two after Clinton, all that entire 16 years, all of those 16 years and add the Obama years, what is that? 20 some odd years. You know, you got 24 years. You had four years of the one Bush, then you have four plus four, so you got 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20, we had 28 years of the same administration. 28, when you take it through Obama. Am I right? Yeah. And now we're just picking up where we left off four years ago. That's just my opinion. We think we've won the war and we we just we won a fake skirmish they let us believe we won and then what do we ever get done we get a little bit but you're right rome did it with bread and circuses they 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 became a tyranny eventually but they quelled the people by giving them bread and circuses the one step the one step back is our bread and and circuses and and we're satisfied with that and they're going to go two more forward. Because we That's have our, game. number one, the first step they take, we're so busy rejoicing and celebrating what we just got back, we don't see it, like what's yep. going on in Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, the deception. Um, I'm reading stories, you know, that uh, about that, and you know that uh, it, this has been brewing for years. It, it, it is theater. And, and the complexity of what goes on in that part of the world, I don't think anybody could even begin to understand. Right. And, exactly. But just know that it's not in your interest what the Biden administration is doing here in a, you know, for you. It isn't. He's doing nothing as a favor to you. It's a favor for the globalists, what we're doing right now. And also with the hope of redeeming his presidency so his party doesn't take the big fall in November. That'll be their uh, that that'll be. They're once you know they'll be taking their two steps. They'll get that back, and yep. we will we'll think we get. And he's trying to, though. I think that the Republicans will do well. But how many Republicans that are real Republicans are retiring, and how many rhinos will take their place in November remains yet to be seen. Okay. Quickly, you got about thirty seconds. Any 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 quick thoughts? Yeah, lift up your eyes for your redemption draws nigh. The Lord is king and uh, he's he's not going to leave us childless. Uh, you know, he is with us. He is going to protect us, watch over us. Uh, and we're going to see the king soon. Dr. Gales, I want to thank you for for taking time to be on Truth to Ponder today here on this Thursday edition. I know you have a very a busy schedule in your work and your ministry. And for you to take as much time as you've done this week to be on the program has been has been a blessing. And I also believe firmly that so much of what you had to say today and on Tuesday, you really need to, to take to heart. Freedom is eroding rapidly in this country. And don't think it's an accident and it didn't happen overnight. The stage has been set for a couple of decades, several decades, probably like a hundred years. Gradually, it erodes and it disappears. The freedoms that you took for granted decades ago, you don't have them today, but you barely noticed you've lost them. I think for many people here in the United States, what we went through in the United States and especially in I'll just come out and say it. I'm not trying to be partisan, but I'll just say it. 
primarily, not limited to, but primarily in Democrat states that lean toward the left in their politics that believe they should be raising your children, not you. They know how to teach your children. You don't. And they have better values than your family does. This has been going on for a long time. There has been a war for the minds of our children. And generation by generation, they have been breaking apart the family ties. We see it in our public school system today. I know that uh, yesterday's program, we had um, Jim Calhoun on, and he talked about the problem with education. It's time for, for Christians to take back educating our children. It is critical that we take back educating our children because they don't even understand what freedom is. We are gradually surrendering ourselves to to an alternate reality. Facebook, for example, is now called Meta. Facebook is a meta company and they want to have the metaverse. This is where this term and a lot of people go, oh, that's just conspiracy stuff, transhumanism. That's where people and machine become as one. And it begins by living in a virtual world. Stay at home, put on your goggles, put on your little headset and and join a room with all of your friends in a virtual reality. That's your new workplace. The World Economic Forum has been selling this idea of um, you'll own nothing and be happy. You'll just be a useful worker for the planet. And we must worship this planet. We must care for this planet. We must believe in climate change. 50 years of my life, more than 50 years, I've been hearing predictions of doom and gloom that were all supposed to have happened by now that have failed to happen. But I noticed in, in some of the media, in social media, that you're, it's going to be increasingly, well, the Biden administration is telling Facebook, hey, we need to clamp down on any climate denier. Anybody that says that what we're saying about this being the greatest problem in the world, the greatest issue facing mankind is climate change. And anybody that denies that narrative, they must be, well, censored, deplatformed if necessary. And I mentioned the other day the idea of the social credit score. You know, a lot of companies are going to look at what you posted on Facebook and other social media when you come to work for them. We don't want to have one of those conservatives that don't believe in climate change or how the vaccines work miracles. Saw a story the other day, and it's not surprising if you listen to this radio program. Data has come out of New York State, one of those states that really says everybody's got to get vaccinated. Remember, Governor Kathy Hochul going, you know, I want you to be my disciples to preach the gospel of the vaccine out to the millions, to everybody you know. And they really believed in vaccinating little children, little babies with this experiment. Well, here's a little data that came out of the state of New York. Guess what? Children that have been vaccinated are more likely to get COVID than those that are not. Let me say it again. More likely to get it and spread it if they get the vaccine than those that do not. Of course, you're weakening the the immune system. Do you believe in what we're doing? Would you help us stay on the air? If you can, 
you can mail a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida, 32536. And coming up after the break, our friend from Australia, George Christensen. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Why the fight? Coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Question. Why for the most of the last 2,000 years, with a few short exceptions, nobody pretty much cared about Jerusalem? And suddenly in the 20th century, the whole world is wrapped up in it, as if the whole world were depending on it. For 2,000 years, Jerusalem was largely a backwater of history. In the 19th century, a flea-bitten, disease-filled place in the middle of nowhere. Then in the 20th century, all of a sudden, everybody wants it. Jordan, Egypt, Palestinians, the United Nations, the Vatican, Osama bin Laden, everybody. Why the sudden change? Why the controversy? Why the fight? Because in the 20th century, the Jews came back to their land and all hell broke loose. It's because the Jewish people have a date with God. It has to take place in Jerusalem because it's linked to the second coming. And all hell has broken loose against this return because the stakes are so high, the reward so great, it's world redemption. It's the kingdom. Well, remember this principle to your life. If you find yourself under attack and you're doing the Lord's will and all hell is breaking loose against you, don't lose heart. Don't be discouraged. Take heart. Be encouraged. It's not a bad sign. It's a good sign, a very good sign. All hell is against you because the stakes are high. The reward is great. The fight is so intense because there is something so good at the end of it. The fight is significant and worth it. So the victory will be important. So do as the Jewish people have done. Fight for the victory. Fight all hell. Press on against all odds. Because when all hell is against you, it's a good sign. It means all heaven is for you. And you're heading to Jerusalem. Want more? Ask for the Jerusalem mess. Now, the free gift for you, the mystery of the temple doors and sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus, special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy, and the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents. It's amazing. Can you imagine that you yourself could blanket the entire earth, cover it with a billion tracks? You could blanket it with salvation. You can. With shortwave radio, it's the farthest way you'll ever spread the gospel. How to be part? Well, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll have a part in that. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi. L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy box, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, listen, fight the good fight, my friend. Shalom Alechem, Messiah, Or HaOlam, the light of the world. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I I don't know how to even begin to thank you 
all of you that listen on shortwave radio, AM radio, FM radio, and even as a podcast. I'm honored that you find time in your day to, to listen to what I have to share with you. Now, as many of you know, this program started over a year and a half ago. I had worked in emergency management and I felt there was something wrong with the narrative that I was being asked to believe and share. This is back in February, March, and April and into May of 2020. The more I I kept digging and reading, the more things didn't seem fair, honest, and real. And so I I decided I had to leave that kind of work. I had been called out of retirement, but I said, no, I can't do this anymore. And I took some time. We went, my wife and I, to our little home in the mountains in Georgia to kind of assess what's going on in the world. And, And during the summer of 2020, I had this idea, maybe I had been doing a weekend radio program, and I thought maybe I would do a little little short devotional, little short video type podcast, maybe five or ten minutes, something along that line every few days. And I came up with the name Truth to Ponder. And I started trying to set things up to do that. This is probably like in maybe June. But the more I thought about it and talked to friends, he's, they're going, Bob, you do radio. That's what you do best. You're not a video guy. Maybe I'll do some video someday, but not right now. And somebody said, you ought to put your program on shortwave. Too many people that used to do news and information on shortwave decided the internet was the way to go. I don't need, I don't need to be paying for shortwave airtime. And so they steered many of their listeners to follow them as a podcast or video video cast. That's whatever. That's what they chose to do. I believe shortwave radio is one of the last bastions of freedom. Because the internet, depending on what you do, your rankings can go down. Uh, Companies that host you can pull the plug. I'm always concerned, even with this program being as a podcast, some of the sites like Google, maybe maybe iTunes, maybe Anchor, maybe Spotify may, may decide that the content of this program is something they don't want to have on their site. And I could get a notice that I'm gone. I could be deplatformed. Uh, a Facebook page, we have one. It's not a big deal. Uh, it could be gone in a, in a heartbeat. And I know that day is coming. I have no doubt about it. And that's why I'm a believer in using shortwave radio. I'm working on a project right now, as many of you know, here in Florida to increase that outreach. And and I think that's we're coming toward the end of this project. It's still a little ways to go, still waiting for some some things. These supply chain issues have caught up to us a little bit. Hopefully not too bad. But I believe in shortwave radio. It could be that voice crying into the nighttime, into the airwaves, and people in Canada, in the United States, and all over the world can hear this program without the censorship that could be found on the internet. And more and more, as I shared the other day, you have all these, you have the Biden administration saying, we need to deplatform and censor those that that are climate deniers, that that don't believe everything we are telling you about the planet Earth and how it's in in dire straits. 
They've been telling you that for 50 years and they still haven't gotten it right. 50 years of doom and gloom prophecies have yet to be fulfilled. Notice that it's always like now it's in 2070 or 2055. I'll be over 100 years old if I live when all these things are supposed to really start getting bad. To me, it's just part of the narrative and... Of course, that gives them reason to increase your fuel prices, restrict your travel. And between the virus and then uh, economic turmoil, you, you see how it works to have control over you. Now, this pandemic for many people, myself included, like I say, was a huge eye opener. All of a sudden, hearing new terms I'd never heard before, essential and non-essential workers. Essential workers, you may come to work or work at home on Zoom and and work in your living room or your den or your kitchen, whatever it is you're normally using. And everybody else stay home. And, And don't travel anywhere. Don't go to a restaurant. Don't get in groups of more than one person. Wear a face mask. That came along too. And social distance. Become separate from each other. Now, one country that really went bananas, bonkers, was Australia. Of course, Austria, too, and many others. And I have on the program today, Member of Parliament, George Christensen from Australia. And and how does it feel to know, George, that your country was considered the gold standard of COVID? Uh, Wow. Well, um... If you're talking about fool's gold, I would uh, I would give you the gold standard there, but uh, that is crazy to say Australia has been the gold standard. It's the gold standard, uh, Bob, in eliminating freedoms. Mm-hmm. It's the gold standard in locking people down. It's the gold standard in masking people up. It's the gold standard in forcing people to vaccinate because in just about every state here in Australia, if you do not vaccinate, you lose your job if it is in uh, certain professions such as, and they're pretty wide, from police through to teaching. So if you're in the police force, if you're in the health sector, if you're in the disability support sector, the aged care sector, uh, the school sector, uh, you lose your job if you don't decide to vaccinate. So. Uh, Australia gets the gold standard, yeah, but the gold the gold standard is in the removal of freedoms. Uh, so, um, you know, Bill Gates, quite frankly, um, he might be thinking about just one aspect, and that is uh, vax them up, mask them up, and lock them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the kind of gold standard you want, yep, I think the only country that's probably outdone us on that is Canada. Yeah, and and that's true in Canada, and we would have never thought that a few months ago, but here we are. What what really got me about what Bill Gates had to say, and, and there's a part of me that says, but you're not taking into consideration a lot of the factors. Well, you know, the the number of cases per 100,000 or deaths per 100,000 were lower in Australia than in places like the United States. Okay. And how do you make that comparison? And, and what makes you think that what they did in Australia would have changed those numbers significantly? And, and no one wants to answer that question. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do how many international flights come into the United States from all over the world? A lot. 
How many people are yeah. coming across our southern border in the United States um, unaccounted for? A lot. And it's been getting worse and worse over the past year. And, and we have more concentrated cities, a lot higher population. You, you take, I mean, when you look at the landmass of Australia. You have some room to breathe in, in most areas where in some parts and some states in this country we don't. Um, not that we're overpopulated, but I'm just saying it's not a fair comparison. I mean, no, to, to try not. to, I mean, uh, it's easy when you are an island nation in essence, and that's what, you know, you have, your continent is, is all isolated. And, you know, what is the number of people that come into uh, your nation that spreads across the entire nation? I mean, it's not like it is in, in many other parts of the world, like Europe or parts of Asia, United States. Um, it, it, yeah, you, you're, you're right. You've got to compare like with like. And Australia is an island nation. Australia prides itself almost on being this um, fortress island that locks uh, the locks all sorts of dangers. Well, yeah, it used to be a fortress island. <laughs> I mean, that was the point. Indeed, it did. Um, so, so you really can't compare us to any other country apart from maybe New Zealand, right? Mm -hmm. New Zealand, there may be a comparison. We're in the same sort of part of the world. Uh, we have the same effect because we're uh, these island nations. Um, but uh, look, you know, we, we, we stop people coming to our country full stop. Uh, we, we even disgracefully, disgracefully stopped returning Australians from coming back to Australia. Um, in, in fact, if you were uh, an Australian of Indian ethnicity and you were over in India for a while there, you were barred from coming into our country. So, so these were really over the top draconian and egregious human rights breaches that were done to keep uh, the COVID rate down. We went for this stupid, stupid um, target of COVID zero. And um, I, I say stupid and I, 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 I mean it. If, if there was a political leader that stood up and told their people that they were going to uh, advocate for a or enact policies that led to a, an influenza zero or pneumonia zero policy, I think they'd be laughed out of town. Mm -hmm. But because we had all the fear that was being pumped by the mainstream media and by the Chinese Communist Party and by institutes like um, uh, World Health, Imperial College, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum. Oh, yeah, uh, don't forget Klaus the, Schwab, you know, Papa. The, 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 yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, the, the James Bond villain, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Oh, yeah. Group. Um, all of those things pumping fear into the populace. So, so they were able to get away with this idea of, of trying to sell COVID zero. But it, this was um, this was a, a very, very big flawed policy uh, because all it did, it was just pushing it down the line. Uh, mm -hmm. Sure, there were some states that had very, very minimal COVID-19 cases in Australia and therefore we had minimal deaths mm -hmm. um but but now we've got covid running rampant and um we're just lucky we're very lucky that it's the omicron variant which is little more than the common cold that's right frankly exactly um, 
but but uh, you know it it may not have been. So it really was was foolish somewhat to try and have a COVID zero uh, policy in place. But um, these are the kind of things that people like Bill Gates want. Um, you know they don't care about freedoms. They don't care about people's lives. Quite frankly, uh, lives were destroyed in Australia. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it. Our, our suicide rate's gone up. Our mental health cases have gone up. Uh, the rate of unemployment went up. We basically brought in a, uh, a universal basic income for a period of time because jobs were blown up. Uh, so oh, that should was, do that should do wonders for your economy down the road. Well, well, you know, it's going to do great damage to our economy because we are already in so much debt, probably the largest amount of debt that this country's ever been in as a result of that. We paid people $750 a week uh, to stay at home and watch Netflix. Now, real, real quick, how, do, how does 750 a week uh, compare in Australia to, let's say, Canada or the United States? Do you know off the top of your head, roughly? Yeah, so seven hundred and fifty a week in uh, U.S. dollars is about five hundred and fifty a week U.S. So you know we're not talking about a little amount of money. Five hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm saying a week. It's a fortnight. Five hundred and fifty dollars a fortnight. Uh, Every two weeks. Uh, you know th- th- that's that's um, a lot of money for doing nothing. Yeah, a lot of money for doing nothing, and as I said, it was it was stay home money. It was money to just uh, sit on the couch and what net, watch Netflix, and um, and people did. And uh, you know, while some people might have been very appreciative of it, for many others, uh, you know, this robbed people of their meaning. It did. Uh, you know, and and they wonder why um, our mental health rates spiked. Uh, they wonder why people then took to the streets in protest. People lost businesses. People have lost their livelihoods. And then I haven't even started with the vaccine mandates because we've had these no jab, no job mandates that oh, yeah. basically uh, ruled the roost everywhere around our nation, um, even beyond government dictates. So, so the government has mandated uh, vaccines in certain professions, as I said before, but some private companies um, have also mandated uh, vaccines. And, and, and now here, now I'm going to pause you right there. Here's a question: So, are there any statistics out there now in Australia uh, that say, "Gee, the vaccination is just keeping people from ever getting sick no. and dying"? I mean, no. if if you get the jab, you are now bulletproof from covid just get the jab and you'll never get covid is there any evidence that this stuff is actually working not that i'm aware of uh, they, they completely and utterly lied to us the uh the health regulators and the uh, vaccine manufacturers i mean we heard uh the claims that there was going to be 90 percent, 95 percent uh <laughs> efficacy in yeah, terms right. of reducing uh, COVID nineteen and look it, when I first heard that it, when I heard that in December of twenty twenty, I'm going if that is true that's wonderful. But the more we started looking at what this stuff really was, the more concerned I started to become. Something's not right. Something's not adding up. And, and I wonder what's going to happen. And, and this 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 is universal. This doesn't. This is United States, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, Germany, Austria. You know, all over the Western world in particular. Uh, what's going to happen? And, and I've got this sneaky suspicion. I've got this deep feeling 
that some truth, I, I, I felt this in December of last year, that the narrative was going to begin to unravel. And as it unraveled, uh, I really believe that God is pulling back the veil and the truth is going to be exposed. Companies like Moderna have lost, what, 70% of their value in a short amount of time? And some people predict companies like Moderna may go bankrupt when the truth starts to come out. Pfizer will be hurt. Astra, they'll all get hurt at some point. A friend of mine on the broadcast this week made the statement, the way the world is coming after us, you know, those that are that believe in freedom and, of course, Christians as well, they take two steps forward, but they willingly take one step back which allows people to think that they have achieved some kind of victory. And so think about that for a moment. Let's put that in perspective. When you look at Australia and you're beginning to see things ease up, do you think that Australia and Canada and other nations will play that game that they took two steps forward, but now they're going to make you believe you won by taking one step back? Yeah, yeah, of course they're going to. So, uh, and this is what's happening right now in our country. I mean, we had, um, I'm not sure if you had it in the US, but we had these uh, crazy things where we had to sign in to every uh, establishment that we enter so the government can trace where we've been. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, it's just so an egregious uh, breach of privacy to have to do that. Uh, but the government in their, uh, you know, complete and utter benevolent kindness has uh, as, as, as alleviated us from that burden in some establishments. Mm -hmm. Of course, in others where there's vaccine mandates that remain in place, um, those those QR code tracing signings, oh, yeah. they, remain, mm -hmm. they remain in place. So we have to do that. On the 4th of March, uh, mask mandates end. Um, right now, if I leave uh, my house and I go to a shopping centre or any indoor premises, I'm supposed to be wearing a mask unless mm -hmm. I have some medical reason to not to wear a mask. Um, that all ends on the 4th of March. And everybody those, thinks uh, they're winning. Hey, we won. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, look at that. Yeah. Well, well, you have it's a, it's a twofer, as we would call it here in the United States. Number one. Uh, those that are opposed to the mandates will will pretend that, hey, we won this battle. We won the war. Well, you didn't win anything. And, and those that supported them will say, see, the government was right and we did it their way. And now we are at a point we can get rid of them. So it's a win-win for the government. It makes it makes the sheeple believe they won when they didn't win anything. And it makes those that are dependent upon the government that have been deceived you know, by the World Economic Forum types that are out there that are trying to control the future. I mean, that's their own words. This is nothing I'm making up. At their own website, we guide the future. And they have a future already outlined. And I really believe that in, in the psychological warfare that is COVID, in governments just like yours and just like mine and and just like uh, little dictator Trudeau up in Canada. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the, the boy, the little the little child in Canada is a protege, just like the leader of New Zealand, not far from you and your part of the world. They've been trained by the World Economic Forum They're They are part of their young leaders. I mean, these are the ones they tout. So is Macron in in, in France and, and many others. These are the ones that Klaus Schwab himself 
brags about putting in place. Do you have any of those types that you know of down in your part of the world? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Um, So actually, uh, uh, and I'm in the same government as him. I'm in the same political party as him. But our health minister here uh, happens to be um, a former director of strategy at the World Economic Forum. Ah. So, uh, you know, there are people even within uh, what are supposed to be conservative governments that have ties back to the World Economic Forum. Um, I know there's one of these um, young global leaders of tomorrow that's in our Senate that's in the same political party as me. Um, So it's not just the left side of politics that's cozying up to the World Economic Forum. Um, I am, am terrified, to be quite honest, of the agenda that we see out of the World Economic Forum I'm terrified of where it's going to lead us. I think that it's probably already had a, a great deal to do with the uh, the strategy that's rolled out in our country around COVID-19. Um, but more down the track, beyond COVID-19, uh, we're going to see World Economic Forum, Great Reset Agenda items take place uh, in terms of digital identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that this is one, probably one of the next... Uh, Big challenges. How about how about the central bank digital currency? How's what what do you think the odds of that coming to your nation in the next oh year or two or three? Uh, I'm not sure how long down the track we will uh, see that sort of thing, but there's already some discussion going on about it. Our uh, Reserve Bank has certainly raised the idea of having uh, a centralised digital currency. They've already tried to push in Australia for. Uh, cash to be eliminated. Uh, there was a couple of years ago a push for transactions over $10,000 Australian to uh, not be able to be done in cash. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I was part of a, uh, a bigger movement that led a fight against that. Bob, uh, what we said was that uh, that's, that's not on because cash is legal tender. And if you are banning legal tender from actually being legal tender, then obviously you're uh, uh, enabling something else to be legal tender. And what the something else was was digital or electronic transfers. Which is what the World Economic Forum has been pushing for, oh, a couple of decades. The idea that, that, you know, look, they, they made it clear several years ago. They said that you will own nothing and you will be happy because we'll give you everything you need. Of course, that means we'll give you everything you need as long as you do things our way, which is what exactly. terrifies me. Listen, I'm going to I'm going to ask you to I'm going to bring you back tomorrow on the program. So if you'll hang in here, uh, I'm realizing we're going to run out of time and I've got about four more great questions to ask you. So um, any quick thoughts before we you know, begin to wind down for today that you want to get into today's program? Well, well, to cap off the, uh, the, the cash issue, uh, we defeated this. Um, and so uh, they wanted to ban cash transfers uh, of over $10,000, and we defeated it. Uh, and we defeated it with people power. So this is the note that I end on. It's a high note. Uh, when these crazy ideas come down, and they do come down because they're coming from above, from the globalists, they're not coming from the ground up. When the people get behind um, politicians that are actually on the 
on the right side, uh, we can defeat these crazy ideas. So uh, don't underestimate people power. It always works. Hey, George, our time is is just about up for today's program. And I think, and I know you have a busy schedule and we have a huge time difference between Australia and the United States, but I'm going to ask you to come back on the program on Friday. And I really want to finish the conversation that you and I are having, your insights on what is happening in your part of the world, and even some of our private conversations that we have with other people in Canada and elsewhere. There's a lot happening. And I know that you've been one to to stand for freedom. You've been up against the tide. Uh, People have ridiculed you. They've yelled at you. They've cursed at you. Because you're not a believer in the vaccine is a miracle. And children should get it too. You have taken a beating for standing up for people and standing up for what is right. You've also stood up for family values. And as you and I were talking at other times, the spiritual problems of Australia, the United States and Canada, it's bad in the United States, but but truthfully, the spiritual condition of Australia, Austria, Canada, United Kingdom, and just pretty much Europe is vastly worse than it is here in the United States. And that's something we also need to address. People of faith, we need to we need to really return to the roots of our faith. The Bible says we are in this world, not of it, but too many people are more of the world than being molded into the image of Christ. And they they fear about every little thing that happens, the virus, you know, loss of a job, everything becomes panic mode. And honestly, it shouldn't. And George, maybe we can pick up on, on that tomorrow. And I have something else tomorrow I want to share as well. As I mentioned, the project for Shortwave is coming along. And and I really hope to have some exciting announcements, maybe even next week as we keep. I've been fabricating something for this transmitter to do a little bit of an upgrade. And it's taken a lot of time. And, And once again, that's why Jim Calhoun fills in on Wednesday to give me a little bit more time. Producing this program takes a tremendous amount of time. But I think that It's what God has called me to do, to be a voice out there. I mean, I'm not a big voice. I'm not not a Mark Levin or or whatever these big talk show hosts are. I'm not on on a big network. I'm on shortwave and a podcast. And I've got a loyal following in you, and you have kept this on the air. If you can help us pay for the shortwave airtime, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Truth to Ponder 5753 Highway 85 North 5753 Highway 85 North number 3248 that is number 3248 and we are in Crestview, Florida Crestview, Florida 32536 and tomorrow we'll get back with our interview with, with George Christensen And I sincerely hope you'll be with us tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. 
Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.